Hello and welcome to another edition of Through the Turnstiles podcast, a weekly show where we take a look at the lower three divisions of the Scottish Professional Leagues and what a weekend of action we've just had that we can get stuck into and preview the weekend coming up. As always, I'm joined by uh, Muzz and James, um, three of us scouts for players in opposition for teams across the, the top four leagues of Scottish football. So between the three of us, uh, like I always say, we, we see a lot of players in a lot of games each weekend and privileged enough to have been back at live football for a, for a few weeks now and very grateful for that. Uh, Muzz, how are you finding it? Yeah, I not so bad. It's uh, getting a bit cold, but um, I've enjoyed being back on the road and, uh, like you say, just taking in some live games. Yeah, it's, it's a privilege that we, that we appreciate. So, for those of you that have joined us before, what you'll know that we do is each week uh, one of us will pull a question from the ball bag, which is a teaser that will set the other two that they'll have to answer for the next kind of 35, 40 minutes. Um, this is our first time hearing it. And the, the privilege is mine this week to, to ask the question so I can watch these two sweat for the duration of the episode. So if you're um, watching or, or listening at home, please feel free to take part in it as well. And while I've got your attention on that, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could do us a massive favour and subscribe to the channel and like the video, it would be much appreciated as well. Gentlemen, you ready for your question? Absolutely. Yeah, more than ever. <clears throat> okay, so the question this week. Pick or make a team of 11 players, okay? The conditions are they must play for a championship, League One or League Two side, all right? And their surname must start with the same letter that their club name starts with. So, for example, in the Premier League, you could have Christie from Celtic, you could have Roof from Rangers, Halberg from Hibs, for example. All right, the criteria, I will give you a little bit of help in this one. Um, for example, Inverness, Caledonian, Thistle, I'll give you Inverness or Cali, but I'm not going to give you Thistle because nobody refers to them as that. Stirling, Albion, I'll give you Stirling and I'll give you Albion. All right? Game on. Other condition, you can only name one player from each club. Oh, it's quite stressful on. already. All right, so their surname must start with the same letter that the club team starts with. I've, right. just had one, I've just had one come flying into my brain. Um, I think it's because he notched at the weekend. Um, Ian Anderson of Annan Athletic. That's perfect. A double A. Stick him straight up front. Uh, you've doubled that there. Double whammy. Throw him the nine jersey. So, Ian, no pressure if you're watching, you're leading the line for Muzz and James 11. So, um, like I said, we're going to take a look at the games coming up this weekend. Again, another kind of mouthwatering fixture list. But, um, We've got to have a look at the games of the weekend past. Moz, um, what did you think in, in general? Or was there any results that kind of caught your eye? Plenty. Uh, plenty of uh, strong results. Um, certainly, I mean, the championship started like nobody would, would really imagine it was going to start with that, with that result. Um, I, I predicted a, a sticky kind of close encounter because I thought both teams would be edgy, but it just all went a bit wrong for Dundee. Um, as well as it went for Hearts as well, I can't take anything away from them. Um, into the into the League One, I thought possibly result of the of that league was the Clyde getting off to win a start uh, to League favourites Partick. Um, again, tough one to predict that coming, and uh, right through League Two, some big results, um, which I'm going to talk about more um, as we as we get to that stage. 
Yeah, I think you're going to do a wee bit on kind of Dumbarton Clyde, aren't you, for, for League One as well? So you maybe kind of touch yeah. on the Clyde result there as well. James, what stood out for you? The um, the highlight for me was my prediction that when one goal goes in in the Hearts game, I think many goals would go in in the Hearts game. Um, and I am quite annoyed that the edit wasn't made so that we cut out the bit where I said that I also thought it would be a narrow Hearts win. Um, so I like to think 50-50 I got that right. But for me, there's a few sticky games that I'm... I don't know if the, the impression was given last week. I quite like a game, but it's a bit a bit feisty, a bit sticky. Um, so there's a few of them that seemed a bit slogs. But also, like, there's a few um, a few surprise results, a few, like, 3-1 seemed quite a common theme, uh, certainly in both the games I, I spoke about. Um, they were a, a few features. So, yeah, for me, it had, uh, like, it's a bit sad to say, but I had a bit of everything this weekend. Like, it's what a, what a weekend to come back to. Yeah, well, credit where credit's due. Uh, James did predict that there'd be a lot of um, goals in the Hearts game if one went in, and also Muzz's uh, swashbuckling claims of McGlynn's Wraith Rovers. I'm just, uh, we'll just get an image popped up here of Wraith uh, against Arbroath. And you can see, obviously, the number of bodies that are getting committed forward. So, Maz, you nailed that one, to be fair. You got a bit of credit for it on Twitter, actually. So, uh, Yeah, I, um, I was waxing a lot of lyrical about Wraith because I saw them so many times last season. And, and it was nice to see them carry that into the championship. And I did, I did worry that it would be a bit, our both might like kind of not know what's hit them with with the way that um, Rafe commits so many players forward, um, and certainly from the highlights, it looked like they had to ride a bit of early early our both pressure, but um, just the amount of players uh, they get into that last third um, just looked a bit too much for our both to cope with. So um, it started well for Rafe, and uh, my prediction of them sneaking at the top four. Um, uh, you can't say that after the first game, but uh, you, you couldn't have made a better start. Well, you have said after. You said after <laughs> zero games. So, um, and they, they obviously travel to Queen of the South on Saturday. So, you know the opportunity is there for them to pick up another one. I, I, I fancy them again. Yeah, I fancy them again. Um, whether they're home or away, um, they, they they don't really change their style much. So, we've talked about Queen's Park lack of depth. Um, Queen of South. Not a lot of, Sorry, Queen and South. Sorry, jumping yeah. ahead here. Queen's Park. Aye, aye, aye. Um, the lack of depth they have. Um, a few old heads in there. I don't know if they'll be able to again cope with that. The pace of play that Wraith are going to bring to them. So I, I fancy. I don't think it'll be straightforward again. But I, I do. I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with another result there. I'm actually going to back Wraith as well in that game. Um, before we come on to predictions, which I don't really want to talk about following last week, and James in a word, Queen of the South. Three words or one word, Queen of South or Wraith? Queen of South. It was a game that I was going to speak about when we were going to cover the championship, but I figured after my, my talking about them in a bit of depth last week, I would, I'd give them a miss. But yeah, I think that'll be a game to watch. Queen of the South's four words, by the way, Andy. I'm going for more than three, but yeah, I like Queen of the South, so... That actually sums up my performance in the last podcast in 10 minutes. Um, going back to the, the predictions last week. So if we're going by the old traditional football, three points for a win. Um, in the championship last week, James got six points, Muzz got six points, and I got three points. So two right for each of you boys and one for me. The exact same in League One. Two right for each of you boys, one right for me. And in League Two, um, we all got nine points or three correct results. So the league table's looking like uh, James and Muzz both in 21 and me in 15. Um, 
I should maybe also take a points deduction for my Dundee prediction ahead of the, the game last Friday. So, oh, and for them to win the league as well, do we think? Or standing by that? Totally. So, um, I just take a minute to appreciate Char- Charles Adam. I never knew he had a, uh, I never knew he had that run in him. To be fair, he's done well from. Uh, he, he started quite anonymously, didn't he? But he, he certainly came to the fore in that instance. Um, I've actually got from that game two players for your uh, ball bag eleven. Pistol Peter Herring and uh, Graham Dorans. Good shout. I had mm-hmm. a dent. midfield duo. That's a cracking midfield partnership. I'd actually put. I'd actually gone with Falkett from Hearts. But if you want to go with Pistol Pete, then by all means, go with the ponytail. So moving on from, from my horror show last week, um, Muds Championship game of the day on this weekend coming. What are you thinking? Um, I picked out Dundee Morton. Um, I think uh, Dundee need to they need to bounce back. Um, the fans will demand it. The club will demand it. Um, they were just so. They just looked so off it against Hearts. Um, Jordan Forster is going to be out this weekend. Is that a bad thing for them? I don't know necessarily. Um, he looked poor, um, as did their keeper, um, Jack Hamilton. I've seen him. I've seen him make a few errors now, and um, I think uh, you know, in, in that in that level, when things are going to be so tight, I think you need a keeper you're going to be able to rely on week in week out, and. I don't know. I, we'll 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 see we'll see what comes of it. But um, but just before we go on there, I actually watched back our championship preview, and at the time, I'd said my main worry for Dundee was goals, and as in their, their goalkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw a thing through the week there that so with, with the shots that <clears throat> Hearts took on Friday, I think that their expected goals was something without getting too into data here was two points something, and they've actually conceded six. So he, he definitely didn't cover himself in glory, did it? Yeah, yeah, that's that says a lot. Um, Charlie Adam looked. I thought initially he looked way off the pace, and then suddenly he just obviously showed his class uh, on the ball. Um, put together a few like he went on that that great run. Um, started pinging balls with inside outside of his foot. Um, doing the kind of things that we know Charlie Adam can do. And then towards the end of the game, he 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 ran out of steam a wee bit. The three-five-two that they, they they went with, I think, is going to have to change with Forster's absence because I don't see anyone in that squad that can really step into centre half. So he's probably going to have to go with the back four against Morton. It suited them um, centre half going with that, though, didn't it? I yeah yeah. Um, I think they need to as well. I think he he's already said after the game that he, there's there's things he would change if he could. In hindsight, McPake. Um, I don't know. There's talk of um. Afalabi coming in. Um, I would, I would like to see Sean Byrne in that midfield. I think with Dorans and Adams, uh, sorry, Dorans and Adam, you've got obviously massive experience guys who can should really have the cigars out at that level. Um, but the the legs are going, so I think Byrne would come in and, and kind of complement that midfield quite well. Do a lot of running. Uh, Robertson, he's so young that he, he you know. He needs to be kind of nurtured in a wee bit. You can't be relying on him to do all the all the legwork. Um, I don't know, Yakubiak, he's back training. Um, he might be able to offer something different up front. I have seen him on occasions when he was at Falkirk, and I was always really impressed with him, with mm-hmm. his 
technical ability, just his, his footwork. Um, he's quite small, but good centre of gravity. Uh, really quite a, just kind of like makes things look easy. If he makes the bench, at least, uh, he'll be able to offer something a wee bit different. Because for me, again, Osmond So was a bit... He looked like he'd done a hammy, didn't he? So. Aye, he, he did actually, and he was he was taken off with a knock. I think it was just a foot injury in the end. I'm not sure about that, but um, he just nah, he looks a bit kind of still a bit lacking sharpness. I think he's looked like that for a while. He's just not looked this, quite the same player he was um, at Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Mort, when it comes to Morton, um, they got a quite a really quite good, solid result to start their season off. Yeah, very um, good result, wasn't it? Because Alwa were... We thought they were looking okay, but that was based on just a couple of you know performances in the Betfred. Um, I think they went four, eh, sorry, three four three kind of shape, which I know Hopkins liked at Livy, liked that three at the back. But their their front three that they started against Alo and Nesbitt, Orsi and McPake, it's quite a it's quite a technical front three. You know, it's not mm-hmm. kind of guys that you're just going to shell it up to and hope for the best. They're they're Kind of footballing players, um, so I predicted Morton to to struggle this season. Um, I don't know; it's it's hard to tell how they're going to pan out. But I, I like I don't think they're going to they're not going to make life easy for Dundee. But Dundee are, are going to have to that 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 midfield Adams and Doran. It just has to be too good. Um, I, I think, like I said at the start as well, um, when I started talking about. The game, the club, and the fans are going to demand a, a reaction, and I think, I think Dundee will sneak it. Um, my prediction, I've gone for two-one, something like that. I fancy Dundee as well. Do you think? Um, obviously, Dundee had a game forfeited, didn't they, in the Betfred? Well, obviously, because opposition had that kind of. I think it was forfeit, wasn't it? Where Sunday uh, tested uh, positive. Do you think that's maybe harmed Dundee a bit? Because with the lack of friendlies, they were maybe looking for those Betfred games to like figure out the best way to play Adam, Dorans, Burn, Robertson. And by losing that forward, losing it in terms of not being able to play it, not the result, they've maybe lost the opportunity to kind of play about with that midfield and find the best shape. Yeah, that's a great shout. It's lost them that bit of momentum, chance to experiment because... I'm looking at it now and thinking, I don't know how they're going to line up at all against Morton. Like we said, we, we think they're going to go back four because they're kind of forced into that. But how they how they go around that, I don't I don't know. Um, They've got the players for a diamond, they, they don't they? Yeah, they might, or they might go four, five, one. They might have um, Afalabi wide. Mm. Um, I don't know. Then you could play McGowan maybe off the side. I don't know. Yeah, because you um, saw it, didn't they? They went diamond on Friday. Uh, second half and then Hearts actually matched them up with the diamond when Hardy came on didn't they so they did well I think considering the result or hit the score at half time to, to change the shape get back into the game to the extent that Hearts were then maybe looking to kind of match their shape because Dundee were getting on top albeit you know two or three goals behind but I thought the second half they performed well so I think they might be tempted by that diamond um, like you said maybe Adam at the bottom of it just looking to get on the ball Dorans and Burn. Maybe McGowan is McGowan in the, the tip, 10, yeah. and then that you say Yakubak or Afalabi or Mullen kind of as is a two with a back four. So Diamond might be the way to go. I just think they'll be a bit too strong for Morton. Um, Morton got a good result, like you say. I think Alwa was a bit contentious with kind of penalty appeals and red cards and things like that. And 
I actually saw a bit from the Martin had put their highlights up, and Aloha had actually tweeted Martin saying that they'd missed out some of the Aloha chances in the highlights. So that gives you a bit of an idea how the game was. But I'm with you. I fancy Dundee. Uh, what do you think, James? I Dundee, I think for me as well. Um, I think, like as I've said, there's a few questions to be asked and answered. Um, you hate you hate to see it and say it, but you worry about James McPake's position a wee bit. Um, I think they've been toiling for a wee bit, and it surprises me that he's not set up a more defensive team because you usually see that a manager's going to come in and put a, a stamp on it as they would. And you would have thought a James McPake team would be relatively quite defensive. And Well, they went on that great run at the back end of us, didn't they? Hardly conceded a goal in something like mm. eight games. So you hope they can kind of get back to that solidity, like you say. And, and Yeah, and it, it seems, maybe I think you might be right with the lack of a game, um, having one forfeited and potentially... That could have been reorganised for a friendly, but the teams that they would hope to be playing in a friendly would obviously have games themselves. And with the Premiership being back and with folk being on international duty, just like I think that that's done them in. And the run up to their season as well, you would expect them to have friendlies against teams of Hearts calibre. But who are they going to play? Because you can't cross borders and you can't get teams in from or down from the Premiership to play. So that potentially has harmed them. Um, Sean Burns, someone I quite like, but. Since he left Levy, has he been as good as he was there? Which is something you could potentially say about Craig Colkett as well, who, to be fair, seems to have been a bit better. Declan Gallagher's no looked back, but I think Sean Byrne maybe could, if he reclaims his Levy form, could be quite good for them. But if he carries on like he, he was looking when he first left, you know, it might be a bit of a, like Muzz is saying, a, a midfield that should do well, but are they going to do well and are they doing well? So, See, for it, me, was such a well, it was such a well-oiled system at Livy as well that Byrne knew exactly his job, Halkett knew his job. He had that mm-hmm. um, that kind of like partnership with, with Lithgow and, and Gallagher. And I think both players went into the teams that hadn't got that kind of uh, system that were still finding their way, especially with Hearts under Stendhal and McPake, I think is still, like you said, Despite that run, Andy, you've talked about, they've still, he's still been playing about with positions, personnel, um, trying to settle on a, a specific way of playing. We had thought that Sean Byrne was maybe a bit fair weather when he went to Livy, because he didn't seem like the, the signing that you would expect, but he came on and he was throwing himself about, and you know he did play quite that Livy way. So, if, like I say, if he reclaims that and he is sort of the, all, the all-round midfielder, then he maybe does complement um, the Dundee midfield quite well. You wonder if he's maybe had a wee knock at the weekend or Friday and maybe that's why he's not played. But for me, Byrne plays his best football in a midfield three as opposed to a two. Because mm-hmm. he likes to get ahead of the game and go and press the ball and, and rat and make it difficult. And I think in a two, he can maybe overpress and leave wee gaps. I think for, he played in that three with uh, Jacobs and Pittman at Levy, didn't he? And, and that allowed him to go and play his game and get after the ball and stuff. So um, very interesting to see how they, how they shape up. Um, Hearts, as we've, we've touched on, they, they go to our broth on Friday night. Um, we spoke a fair bit about Hearts last week, so we won't spend too much on them this week, but I think we're all anticipating a Hearts, a Hearts win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think now they've got the, the... Yeah, yeah, I think now with the players they've got, like the likes of Holkett, they're now prepared to go to Gayfield and head our boulders if, it, if it's required and, and do what they need to do last season. I know Halkett was there, but there's maybe other players you worry about. But I think with the team they've got just now um, and, and the signings they've made, um, I, think, I think they can handle it. Um, it's an interesting uh, 
place our both to go and play. It'll be an eye opener, I think, for some of them. Um, and obviously, we tweeted about it through the week. But my highlights of um, Gayfield was when I was there, and uh, it was a few years ago now when I was involved. And um, Bobby Lynn actually went to take a corner on the far side. Of, if you were looking at it from the dugout, and he got hit by a wave coming over the wall. Um, and also speaking to somebody, there was actually a, a crab. Uh, on their way into the ground, I think they stood on like a crab or something that had obviously come up from the water. So it'll be interesting for uh, Matt. Come to think of it, my last experience at Gayfield uh, lasted 20 minutes. Um, it was that game against Stranar uh, when the referee decided to call it when a goal kick um, went out for a corner. <laughs> <laughs> There's always um, one of, uh, I just I felt terrible for the for the twenty odd Stranar fans that had made that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see stadiums like that, it's it's disappointing that you can't get fans in because there's plenty of space. And how can you resist the pie stand, the waves coming onto the pitch? Like what a place to go! That'll be an attraction, I think, when women get back. That's like kind of mutual friend of ours, Maz, isn't it? Uh, Greg, his claim was always, you know how some countries, they move fixtures or international fixtures around the country to play at different grounds so fans can go and see them. His shout was always for World Cup qualification. The year we had Spain in our group was we should have moved the game to Gayfield and seen how the Spaniards got on it at Gayfield. But I've heard worse shouts, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all back in hearts. Uh, wins there. For me, I think the, the potential game of the day is could be Alwa Dunfermline. Um, spoke about Alwa there, so we sense injustice after the result on um, Saturday. I've seen a couple of interviews with Peter Grant, which he said much the same, I think. Um, I think they were disappointed not to get anything out of that game. Dunfermline obviously got a great result um, against Inverness, didn't they? So I really like that Dunfermline shape. It looks like they're kind of playing a 4-2 slash kind of 4 2 three, one with Thomas and uh, Dow kind of in the wide areas. Looks like Ian Wilson's doing the kind of dirty work in the middle with a player you like, most, Kyle Turner, giving more license to kind of get on the ball and join in. And then uh, that front two with O'Hara in there, um, you know, they've got goals in them as well, don't they? So um, I think that's going to be a cracking game. I like the look of them, Firman. I didn't have them to get into the playoffs, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, I think you quite like them as well, Matt. Yeah, it's kind of a... A little and large combo in the middle there with Wilson and Turner, but Absolutely. again, I think that's that offers you balance. You know, um, Turner's a somebody who'll take the ball, drive it, goal, um, create chances as well. Whereas you say Wilson, they'll do that kind of dirty work, and um, I, th- I think they'll go there and I think they'll beat Alloa again. We're just talking about teams that maybe just have a bit bit too much for their opposition, and I think that's going to tell in the championship. I think there is going to be a kind of definitive, definitive split between the top half and bottom half for, for the first time in a while. And I think I think Dun, Dunfermline are going to just have too much for Alloa. Alloa missing Hetherington as well after the sending off, which is a huge loss for them, kind of in the middle of the park, getting on the ball and, and driving forward. I'm surprised Schugel didn't start actually for them on um, Saturday, but I don't know if he's still kind of working his way up to fitness. But if he can get fit, James, he'll be he'll be an addition. I don't know you like quite likes Google. Aye, ah, I am. Yeah, um, I spoke about Al a wee bit last time, and the fact that I hope that they continue to play football. And I think if you can get him playing his football that he was he was at a good couple of years ago, certainly um, he'll contribute to that massively. He gets himself all over the park, can link play, um, like playing between the lines, which against some championship teams will be quite quite important and will rely on teams like Dundee going to a diamond to maybe try and slot in and try and um, 
try and neutralise him. So I hope, yeah, I hope he does get playing soon. I hope they get or continue to play football. But I don't know if this is the weekend for it. Um, Dunfermline are a team I mentioned before that I quite like as well. Just the size of them, I think they've got, you know, they attract players who maybe are on the top end of the division, but are, are certainly like capable for for doing well. So yeah, so, yeah I think it'll be a Dunfermline one. Um, but I hope. I hope it doesn't become a wash for Alan. Good technical players, aren't they, Alan? And they try to play football, but I just think Dunfermline might have a wee bit too much for them. But that said, you know, if, if Dunfermline do win that game and Alan obviously having lost to Martin, it then, you know, no wins in two and then the pressure starts to come on yeah. on them. So you hope they don't kind of get, get caught adrift, Muzz, and, and struggle if they lose on, on Saturday. Because I think after um, Saturday, I think their next game might be Dundee. So... Um, they'll be desperate for something else, especially at home. That's 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 exactly right. Um, that's when the momentum could kick in and they could find themselves uh, on a on a downward spiral a wee bit. Um, but I agree with James that I think and I think they need to and will continue playing the way they play. Mm. Um, I think they're going to believe in that style and and um, No, I, I think I think Dunfermline will will take them. Um, but I'm here to be proven wrong. So um, my mind's drifting, though. Back to this ball bag question. Sorry, I've I've padded out my my team a wee bit. I'm going to throw in uh, Andy Halliday at left back. You've got, uh, you've already got a Hearts player. Oh, I forgot about that rule. Well, can I take James Penrith at Park Thistle? You can. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting left back as well. Yep, first can. So um, as it stands. Oh, sorry, on you. Who else you got? I was going to add uh, Barry Cadehy or Cadehy, it's probably more likely known. <laughs> um, Barry, if you're listening, sorry, mate. I actually had him on the bench, but good shout, great shout, actually. Uh, and I want to stick Greg Spence up front. Yeah, had him as well. Him and Anderson leading the line. Good. So, as it stands, you've not got a goalie. You've got Haring and Penrice at the back, Cadehy and Dorans, and then Spence and Anderson. You got any, James? Uh, Ryan Dow. I was annoyed because I mentioned them when I was talking about Dunfermline. I was like, hopefully they don't mm. click. Uh, nah, that, was, that was noted. <laughs> so last but not least, division-wise, uh, sorry, championship-wise, James, who you, what game you like? Obviously Inverness against Ayr. Yeah, that's uh, the game for me. Um, and it was something that I've got written down for all, all my games, but when we were talking about Alloa Dunfermline, it, um, it came back to me that when you were talking about Alloa going to or hosting Dundee next, that, and they might need a result, that pretty much all the games I've picked, none of the teams can afford to slip up, especially now we're in a shortened season, because, you know, last season you could have a tough result here and there, and, you know, the season's going to equal itself out, the length of it, but now, you know, you play the teams and you hope that you get, get what you get from them, so, especially with that Alloa game, um, you know, they, you're saying they need to get something, but, similarly for me, I've got, a, like I say, Inverness versus there, um, I've picked it because I think it's just one of those games where the teams will do the things they'll do and might surprise us but likely won't um, I'm not sure I don't know how you guys feel but certainly I'm not on the same Inverness bandwagon that, that everyone else seems to be on I think that Robertson's got a, a, um, a, wee, a wee friendship with a lot of the pundits and I think he gets an easier ride of it Inverness if they're, if they're toiling a wee bit um, I don't know if you guys would back it but I think they've lost a few players and they're not, you know, I don't think they're going to be as good as, as everyone would reckon. Um, one goal in three for Inverness with a poor return to Todorov and Keaton's up top. I think that's a, 
combo that could be going. Um, and like I say, I think Aero just do their things. They had a tough, a tough, um, a tough outing at Queen of the South, a game I, I, uh, I previewed last week. But you know they seem to be firing, and they're a team that I don't think will slip up that often, which for them will suit them with this this shorter, shorter season. Awesome. I am backing, however, an air win. But I do think Inverness need to start scoring some goals. So I'm hoping it'll be a score, a scored win for air with both teams um, netting. But I'm not 100 percent. You can see it. They had a lot of youngsters, didn't they, last week in uh, Inverness? I don't know if they've got injuries because Aaron Doran obviously wasn't involved, but they've played uh, young boy McGregor and Mackay. Another one came off the bench, uh, Harper. I think they quite like him up there. Um, but their depth look, doesn't look great, does it? Um, I don't know if I agree with you about Robo, Jim. I know he does have a lot of friends in the media and, and stuff like that, but I actually think he's a decent manager. He's quite canny. I think he's made some mm. quite good signings. Um, I, I mean, funny, you know, they've. I feel like they big Inverness up quite a lot, and they're always, you know, put him in Inverness quite highly in the predictions. But it doesn't seem, or you know, a lot of folk don't take into account that some of the players they've lost. And if you look like you say at their depth, I don't know if if people should be backing them as, as well as they should. Don't get me wrong, I think he's a they've good got enough a track manager. Record, though, yeah. don't they? What's that? Sorry, they've got a track record though of the playoffs, don't they? Yeah, and I think that he, um, if like the depth they've got, he can still get them playing. Because I'm not saying he's a tough manager. I just think that sometimes if results don't go his way, he may get more leeway in the media rather than some other uh, some other managers. But by no means do I think they're going to be a terrible team across the course of this season. Um, I just think they need to be better than they currently are. That's fair enough. Uh, I think I worry about their depth, like you say. Todorov and Keaton's yeah, Welsh and Allardyce in the middle of the park. Allardyce a bit unproven. Dees at Alwa last year, obviously, he's gone in at centre-half. I think he played in there with Brad Mackay. Um, so, I think they're all right. I think they'll come good, but this weekend, mm. I fancy uh, Ayr to beat them, to be honest, even even in Inverness. Moz, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think he he might get leeway in the media. I don't know, but he, he uh, wouldn't get much leeway from the chairman, I don't think, if results were to not go their way. Um, I think that I think he did a good job last season. I agree that they're they're just on paper they're just not as strong as they have been in recent years. Um, I think they are looking to. There's obviously been financial problems. I don't know if there's still repercussions of that, and they're, that maybe coincides with looking to get some of these younger players consolidated into into the first eleven because every team's got to do that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're looking at guys like David yeah, David McKay to to go and fully make that step now. He made a he made a debut, sort of famously scored that goal for Scotland um for the under sixteens, I think, in the Milk Cup and then had to have his exams the next day or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. He kinda arrived on the scene up there, um, went to Elgin on loan, really valuable experience. Um so I think it's time for these guys to, to be bled in and that can be a bumpy ride for, for the club when they're trying to do that with two or three young players at once. I think they're gonna the kind of team that can just homer away, can take anyone in the league on their day, and it wouldn't be a massive surprise. Um, but I think that inconsistency will plague them a bit this season. But will it be their day on Saturday? I'm just I'm going for a, a sort of goal-laden draw. I think a, a 2-2, 3-3 kind of job. I think I can split the two teams. 
Good, good. So that's the championship. Then moving on to League One. Um, I know you've been rubbing your hands with anticipation and looking forward to get into this one, Muzz, because obviously you, I think uh, you saw Dumbarton at the weekend, didn't you? So I think your um, your game of the day is Dumbarton Clyde. Let's hear it. You've been itching to do this since full time on Saturday, I think. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, um, it was certainly um, it wasn't the, the the greatest game for the for the neutral. Um, I think they had to wait till all uh, nearby low flying aircraft were given the all clear before they, they kicked that one off. But um, I had the ball I, needed a paracetamol at half time. <laughs> uh, true. Not that it wasn't just the ball. I, I needed I needed something <laughs> at half time anyway. But um, no, they were they were well organised, resilient as usual. Um, he's you know Jim Duffy kind of swears by the four four two. And I think he he had that at Morton, and he made the Morton a really difficult side to beat. He's done the same with Dumbarton. I think you know quite harshly let go at Morton, um, arguably, um, when you think how they've not really progressed since he left. Um, there's there's height right across that team. I mean, guys like Morgan Neal and McGeever, they'll just dome it all day. So you need to kind of you need to look and try and hit them where it hurts, which is maybe through the channels, play the ball on the deck, a bit of fast movement. And Forfer just looked a bit like, again, they didn't really have a, a specific game plan um, and they couldn't they couldn't really pe- penetrate the Dumbarton because there was a lot of long balls and that was just lapped up um, by the by the Dumbarton back f- uh, four. Um, I think like... <laughs> The front two is Jones um, and Johnson, two another two big tall guys. Oh, is it Thompson? Um, Johnson? Oh, Danny Johnson, isn't it? Danny Johnson yeah, and, and Robert Jones. Um, for me, they just they lacked a bit of desire. Um, they had a couple of good touches here and there. They both looked rusty. Both looked like the heart's not quite in it, um, and I think they can be easily, easily um, kind of dealt with by a bit of robust defending, if you know what I mean. Um, because certainly Johnson didn't look interested if the ball wasn't within, you know, a couple of metres radius. Um, Jones shocked out of a few challenges. It they looked just in, a bit. They join in Blair Henderson and you're. Ah, <laughs> it must be. I don't like the big guys, but no. Um, it, I think I just don't think like two big guys like that up front work together all the time. I think you need a bit of balance. You need somebody who can who can play off. Um, they look the, the, they look most dangerous actually in my opinion with the trialist uh, Matthew Riley up, up the left hand side, uh, Ross Forbes who I think is a really good player. We know he's got a good left foot, good danger from set pieces, but he, he wasn't wanting to get forward really. But Riley was really attacking that left wing. I mean, you've got two big guys in the box. What you want to do is get balls into them, and he was the only one that was kind of taking that that job on. So I don't think he's been offered a contract yet, but he might be given another. Another run out this I, I quite like their fullbacks. How were they? Was it Wardrop and Katongo? Aye, yeah. Wardrop in the second half looked um when Riley went off they kind of switched focus up the right hand side and Wardrop looked really um really much an attacking danger. Um, he's also he's just so reliable mm-hmm. um at the back, positionally really sound. Uh, Katongo as well, who he he was a bit more conservative in terms of his attacking uh Prowess, but that's maybe not a bad thing if because if he goes gallivanting, you know, there's the space that can be left in behind there. 
So will, will Lang and Cole be able to deal with <clears throat> the, the Dunbarton front at the weekend, do you think? Lang, looking at maybe Lang and McNiff at the back there, um, could be quite an even match, um, a match-up, I think. Um, Goodwill maybe do a bit of damage. That's 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 what I was going to get at because I think guys like Cunningham, uh, Goodwillie, uh, Ali Love, um, Sivertson, they're just gonna they're gonna run that back four and they're gonna run in the channels and they're gonna run beyond and that's where I think the defence are going to struggle because as solid as McGeever and Neil are, um, any kind of this any kind of time on the ball indecision creeps in you need to press them you know what I mean. Um, well, they won the battle, they'll, quite, they'll need to win the battle, they'll, they'll need to win the battle before they could start playing, so you fancy True. Clyde to do that? I fancy Clyde, I think, I think they'll sneak it, I think they'll sneak it um, something like a 1-0, I think they'll build on last week. Um, the Barton look a bit like they're going to struggle creativity-wise mm. um, from, from all over the pitch, so I'm back in. Uh, a, a narrow Clyde win but I, I think again Dumbarton I, I know I predicted them ninth but I said it already I, I don't think they're going to they're not a team that are going to just crumble at any point of the season I think they're going to be a, a solid outfit but um, I just don't think they're going to have quite enough Is, is Wedderborn there? He's there isn't he? Did he play? He's no? there yeah Yeah he, yeah, he, he started he, he played him and um, Carswell in the middle Ah, right. right, yeah. He, he Wedderburn had a good game, a bit of a few errors crept in the second half, but he, he brought a lot of <clears> as he does, he brought a lot of calmness to play um spray passes around. He's what Duffy does quite well is he he makes very precise signings. You know, he <laughs> they don't have you know he, he knows he doesn't have a big budget. Um you often see their squad is stretched, they have three, four players on the <laughs> bench. Um sometimes each week um, but what he does he, he, he's got a great eye for signing and he goes for exactly what they need so I think there's a lot of balance in that team they're solid but um, I just I, I think Clyde will sneak it I think Clyde will be flying won't they James after beating Partick Thistle Aye um, <clears throat> and I thought I'd heard Muzz mention a Cunningham for Clyde that I'm surprised we didn't You've got Cardiff from Clyde I'm afraid Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I can't disagree with what Muzz is saying, and you've touched on Goodwillie as well, and you can't discount players like that, just even dragging you through some of the some of the mire and some of the tougher games you'll need to play. So, really, any time if I'm torn between, like this game potentially being a, a draw, I think, well, they've quite got Goodwillie who have anyone else in the division got. So, yeah, I think Clyde will be, Clyde will be the game to watch, or the, sorry, the team to watch there. Um, I felt relatively bad last week saying that Forford and Barton might be the only dead rubber of that division. Um, but having heard your review there, Moz, I think I'm potentially justified that it wasn't necessarily the the highlight view. That, that was the that was the best prediction. Can I get a bonus point for that, please? I uh, just talking to Clyde. Obviously, I fancy them as well. But obviously, them beating Partick, um, I've got Partick Airdrie as one of the kind of big games. Um, Airdrie obviously off the back of it looked a kind of standard 2-0 win, you know, kind of bog standard, you turn up not overly um, pressured and, and, and win 2-0. Um, they obviously go to Partick um, on Saturday, Partick, you know, well, I backed them to win at Partick <clears throat> to win the league. Um, obviously, again, maybe under a wee bit of pressure already, we're talking about it with the shortened season, you know, if teams don't start picking up wins. 
I like the look of Airdrie. Um, seen them live once, uh, yet yeah, once. I like kind of how they look to have shaped up on Saturday. It looked like they kind of had that back four with Crichton and Fordyce, who solid at that level at centre half. McCann and McDonald either side. It looked like they, they kind of set up with McKay and Kerr as a midfield two. Um, not the most creative, but definitely one of the most kind of industrious and physical that you're going to get. And then it looked like it was Thompson, Sabatini and Carrick in behind the striker. So, and Mangalka. So I'm wondering if maybe with it being Partick and, and a bit more football getting played, if they'll maybe look to bring Sabatini back and maybe for... Mackay or Kerr and, and play Stokes maybe as, as a, another attacking kind of threat because Partick are going to let you play. You maybe put the players in or maybe that's a change you'll look to make after kind of 60 minutes um, depending on how the game's going. But Airdrie will make it easier for them and and I actually think Airdrie will get a point there. I see them getting getting a draw there. Partick, the pressure's on them. They need to win and this is maybe one of those times where the fans not being in it will actually help <laughs> Partick because if as if that game, if Airdrie are looking stuffy, like if they play Kerr and Mackay and kind of sit off the game, and if the game's kind of scoreless after 30 minutes, the fans then start to get in the back of Partick. So, like I say, they can maybe benefit of, of there not being any fans in the ground. Yeah, and they, they won't feel that um, that expectation, that kind of real-time expectation from the fans and the, the, the pressure that that brings. Um, yeah, I agree with you that um, there's every every chance Airdrie can go there. and um, Make life really difficult for Partick and come away with a point, if not if not three, because um, I think if I think if if Clyde can beat Partick, then it just shows you that they're in for you know a bit of a dogfight, and then teams aren't gonna aren't just gonna kind of there's not gonna be a massive difference, basically yeah. put it that way. James, players on the bench for Partick last weekend: Williamson, Ryan Williamson, Blair Spittle, Blair Lyons. Uh, Charlie Riley, you know, all good players. And again, McCauley seemed to have played with a diamond in, um, in pre season at times. It looks to me like he's kind of went with like a 4 3 3 with the option of going to a diamond last week, uh, last weekend. So, what's your thoughts? Partick, they're a funny team on paper. They've got a good, good depth, maybe more depth than some of the championship teams, but obviously not a good start. It's only one game, but what do you think of their game at the weekend? Without having seen too much of them, um, I think you could be on to Airdrie maybe picking something up because I think you go to, or you play Partick and you, you go to maybe a more sort of reserved formation and you sit back a wee bit more and try and, and keep it a bit stuffy. But some of the players that you're mentioning from Partick, if you sit back, they'll just play the game in front of you and they'll no look to necessarily always try and take you on and get in behind. And they've got players that can do it, but they seem to be a team that will just play and they'll pass it about and it'll be quite sideways. And, you know, if you can get yourself looking at the game as Airdrie, then you, you hold on for a wee bit and then you start to, to get yourself. And Airdrie aren't any, any mugs anyway. Um, so I, I back what you're saying. Um, disappointing for Partick not to get off to Flyer, seeing as I think we've all got them quite high up. But, you know, they could do with picking something up. And what they can do is lose. Um, they need to get at least a point from this, um, especially like Airdrie been a, a game that could be a potential banana skin so it'll be a, a game um, that if I was a Partick fan I would go to you know presumably if I was allowed in with sort of high expectations that I'd be able to see some sort of attacking football and if I was an Airdrie fan I'd go and hope that I could see some defensive football with, with hit on the break so 
a good a good blood and thunder game for me, but I've got to back what you're saying, Andy, and go go draw for that. So obviously, like we've said, Maz, with you seeing uh, Dumbarton and uh, Forfar last weekend, how do you think Forfar will do against Falkirk? Um, I think they'll. I think they might struggle to get a result of Falkirk. Uh, Falkirk showed a lot of resilience to go to Montrose and and come away with that three points. Um, the Forfar had serious defensive problems, um, though at the weekend. Um, they had quite a few. Uh, they had White, Travis, and Anderson all out, which yeah. are their their sort of shoe in back three. So if 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 that remains the Jeez, case, who did they play in there then? With those two, they had um, who uh, they had Murray McIntosh at right back, who I actually bumped into in the in the toilets at half time as he nipped off the pitch. To uh, use your to use the normal toilet. I it must be something to do with COVID, but they. Um, they just used it. He was nipped in to use the wee porter cabin loo there, and so um, obviously wait, wait until he came out. You know, kept to the regulations. Did you tell him he could have been? He was your answer for two of the ball back questions. No, no. I know he'd been listening, obviously, but um, I didn't want to. Journeyman spot of the week. Journeyman spot of the week. Money mind in the toilets. Yeah. Where we'll was have it? To, we'll was that the Rock or Station Park? Station Park. But we'll Sorry. hopefully in future. Hopefully in future we'll be bringing that. Um, Feature in journeyman spot of the week because uh, got a few good ones in the back burner. Well, if any um, listeners uh, have spotted any journeyman this week, please comment underneath the video or uh, tweet us at uh, through the turnstiles or turnstiles. Yeah, sorry, man, the back four for uh, four for a point. We're speaking about Murray Manning. Um, yeah, sorry, they played Sam Fisher in there and Loney from Dundee, and um, it was Ross Ross Meehan who slotted in. Sam, who was that, sorry? Sam Fisher. Playing for? I think he's alone from Dundee. For for? Playing for for. Ah, I see what you're doing there. Hmm. Aye, ah, we could, could be stick Are we toiling that much or having to drop us little hints there? No, I just thought I'd help you on the way. But that back four did all right against, like you say, the Dumbarton front two. Well, yeah, they, they kept a clean sheet, to be fair. But did I, Doris I think... have a good chance uh, later in the game for for, for Did I see... Doris, Who, did Doris have a chance late in the game for them? No. Um, strangely to say, I don't recall that. Um, I've never misread. Sounds and like I, a game. And I've stayed to the ninety. I've stayed to the full time as well, but I, I don't but you really think, you recall it. You think they'll struggle on against Falkirk? Aye, kind of? I, I think. I think with a with a firepower, um, Falkirk have. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, but they're a, they're a team for for who um, can defy the odds. They're well capable of doing it. But um, I, yeah. I fancy I fancy Falkirk to get a result as well. So James, two questions: Falkirk or for for result? Falkirk. What's your game of the day? <coughs> East Fife Montrose for me. Um, both coming off a loss. Um, didn't quite expect the results to go the way they did for them um, because I think they should have been playing or sorry competing with teams um, of a similar level I think when I touched on Montrose Falkirk last week I'd said that they potentially um, you know if, if a team wasn't quite at it Montrose could maybe have slotted into the playoff spot I think I gave you the nod and said that you were back in East Fife a bit so if, if other teams were having an off day they might step up so for me that's games that they should have been should have been um, should have been competing in. Um, 
East Fife Cove, obviously. And to give well, a shout out to sending off. Sorry, to give a shout out to one of the listeners, uh, David on YouTube had commented, "Let's watch out for uh, Mitch Meganson being top league goalscorer." And currently, um, thanks to his most recent game, he is. So long may that continue for uh, for Cove. But David with better predictions than any of three of us is working his way towards a guest slot. Yeah, correct. Um, might need to ask him for some tips for some upcoming games. But um, we'll see how we go this weekend. Yeah, I think that, like I say, the losses that they suffered, you know, they they probably shouldn't have. have suffered them to the extent they did. Um, I do think, though, that it's good that East Fife have got Jack Hamilton scoring. Um, he's been a bit bit bitty in places in terms of his loan spells and scored goals quite far down the division and then <clears throat> back to Livy and then started for Livingston against Rangers. So before there was a bit of a saga with who Livingston striker was going to be, the presumption might have been that it was going to be Hamilton. And then he's out on loan again. So the fact he's maybe now at a team where he's quite settled, he's potentially just going to be the starting striker there and he's got a goal, I think, you know, points in the right direction for East Fife. Um, but like I say, East Fife and Montrose have both got higher aspirations than suffering defeats to teams that they should be competing with. Um, so who do you think I see it to be top? a draw. I think it could be easily a feisty draw where we've got goals and sending offs and tackles. 1-1, um, 2-2. One, one, two, two. Etc. But at the same time, I think it could easily be a drab no no. Um, so I'm like, I am back in a draw, but it just depends how much of a doing uh, the managers are going to give the teams, respectively. I think for me, if I'm in a, a changing room, I'm saying we've been waiting seven months to play some football, don't rip the arse out and continue to get beaten. So I think they'll both come out, like I say, they'll have higher aspirations. So I think, I hope that they both come out and get at it. but I'm going to go for a score draw. That's, that's a good shout, actually. I like East Fife. <clears throat> I think, obviously, we touched on that in that edition, probably the kind of extra time episode. So, East Fife fans, if you've not seen that, you can go and watch that. It's quite a good uh, viewing, if I may say so myself. Also, I thought East Fife would do all right last weekend. I think they were unlucky with the sending off um, mm-hmm. of Denham, which, obviously, I think it's 30 minutes or something. That kind of kills the game, doesn't it? A wee bit, especially Cove, a uh, good outfit. So, but Montrose, you know, it's such a good game, actually. Um, Montrose looking to bounce back after that narrow defeat to Falkirk. Unlucky, I think. It was a late penalty. So, for me, I agree with you, James. I think it'll be a draw. Um, and just speaking of Cove, I think they'll beat um, Peterhead on, on Saturday as well and kind of the other game that, that we're not really going to touch on this week. Um, so, Muzz, two predictions required. East 5, Montrose and Peterhead, Cove. Yeah, I've not, not seen East Fife or Montrose. I find that very difficult to call as well. Um, other than the fact East Fife have got home advantage. Um, I think Montrose are, sounds like they're playing quite similar to the way they played last season, mm-hmm. um, which means it's... I, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Montrose are going to go and, and get the win there. Yeah, good price on that. What about Peterhead, Cove? I think Cove will beat Peterhead as well. I think, uh, I James, think they're too Yes. Okay, moving on to League Two. Um, Muzz, game of the day. Um, I'm looking at Elgin Brecon. Um, I think Elgin just quietly pulled off arguably <laughs> the best result of the weekend on Saturday. There's a lot, lot of competition, but um, going to Stranraer and winning so convincingly 
Um, it sounded like quite a, a counter-attacking success um, that they pulled off down there. Um, I think, you know, you, you again, you, you worry for Beacon. Um, how many times have we said that in these podcasts so far? But they, can, <laughs> they conceded five at home. Elgin scored four away. It just it just doesn't bode well. Um, Russell Dingwall stepping up with a couple of goals. Um, Kane Hester, uh, O'Keefe. You know, Sutherland's gone, but there's getting goals is, is obviously no problem to them at the moment. Breaking as well. You look, it's just again, you look at their squad. Um, guys that look, um, Rory Curry, um, Michael yeah. Oro, and Lone from Hearts. They're just, they're young. Um, you just, you, you, you're looking for, when you're in that kind of dogfight, you're looking for experience. And the only, the only couple of players with, well, I can pick a couple of players from that squad with any kind of type of experience. Uh, Martin Scott and, and uh, Jonathan Page. Um, it's maybe one or two more, but um, it's just looking really grim um, at the moment. And Elgin haven't got off to such a such a strong start. Um, they could be that team that, while we, we ev- all eyes are on Queens Park, Sterling Albion, with with the kind of money they've been throwing about, the recruitment they've been doing, Elgin just in the background, um, quietly getting on with business. Um, they could find themselves sneaking in into that that kind of promotion battle again. It's very early doors to be saying things like that, but when they're getting off. To, that I win uh, like they did against Stranar. Um I mean I, I just see this I can't see anything else in a right good scudding for Brecon unfortunately. I think just to look at Brecon um, next week sorry the 31st Halloween <laughs> may end up being scary for them. They go to Albion Rovers that is that is massive for, for Brecon and Albion Rovers I think we'll talk about that more next week they then play Sterling Albion They've then got the grudge match against Kelty Hearts, who are, are flying. They then play away at Queen's Park. They then play uh, Stranraer. And they then play Stenhouse Muir. So, serious worries for Brecon. Yeah. I said it last week, I, I worry for them. Um, yeah. Any Brecon fans will be a bit disappointed that we keep, keep banging on and keep banging the same drum for them, but I've lifted... A variety of games, a massive number of games, and I'm sitting thinking, well, who's your easy fixtures there? There's, there's no one that you're like, I will get, you know, the manager's going to pin that on the board and say that, sir. These are our points, Tally. Other than Albion Rovers. Other than Albion Rovers should be, but the way Brecon are going, is that a, a pin on for a, a three points? I think, yeah. Uh, remember Mark Lawrenson used to do predictions on the BBC, and for like four years, he never predicted Liverpool to lose a game. We could be going that we have never predicted breaking and pick up a point. Um, because I agree with you. I think the way Elgin are playing, um, again, that's another team we touched on in that special. Um, the way they're playing at home, the way Breakin are playing, it, it looks to me from, from the outside looking in that the way Breakin are going is if they concede one, they concede a lot. You know, they're not, they don't seem to be losing close games. You know, it seems to be as soon as the kind of floodgates open, the heads go down. Like you said, that might be an experience thing, like, like, like you've touched on there. But for me, um, yeah, that, that's an Elgin win. Um, and talking of uh, Elgin, obviously got that result at Stranraer. I've, I've got the game of the day as, as Annan Stranraer. Um, 
and then obviously uh, off the back of a, a good win uh, away at Cowdenbeath. I think it was important, I think you said at the top of the show, Anderson obviously is up and running for them now, got his goal. Purdue scored in Flanagan and again in that special when we spoke about and we highlighted Purdue and Flanagan has been players they need to get playing. It looks by all accounts like they've got them playing. Um, I like the look of their shape. You know, it looks as though it was Moxon and Splain, uh, sorry, sitting Flanagan right, Purdue just in behind Anderson. We obviously know the old stalwart kind of Swinglehurst um, at the back, Pettigrew and goals and Clark left back. So I like the look at and we said it, you know, that they've got the they'll be mid table, there'll be no concerns of going down, but they could potentially kick on and and really push for that. Um Stranraer obviously needing uh, a win as well, James. So um it's a big game for Anna and Stranor. Aye, that's um it'll be a close one, I think, out of that. I um I'm not convinced there'll be a, a definite winner either way. I think that's one that gets decided on the day. I think the players will turn up and the way that the players will go and the conditions will dictate that one. So I'd like to abstain from this one, but I won't. So I'm just going to call that uh, a draw. And um, yeah, what, what could be a massive game like you say or could be another uh, Dumbarton forfeit from you. I think uh, Stranraer needs something. Like mm-hmm. we've touched on that. That was always a shocker for them last weekend. Uh, so I fancy a draw as well. Mars, what are you saying? Yeah, tough to call because Annan looked, um, I watched the highlights of their game, they looked really uh, dangerous around the box. Um, and Stranar need to bounce back. Um, their their squad for that division um, is, is too good to be getting beaten 4-1 at home too often. Um, but I think, um, I think, I think, I think Annan might just do it again. You know that, I think they might upset the odds um, after such a, good result against Cowden Beath. I don't think there's any pressure on a team like Annan because there's no expectations um, mm-hmm. on them. Whereas Stranar go there, obviously in the back of that really hard defeat with X, but you know, having to kind of be in, in the top end of that table. And I, I could just see Annan pulling off another coup there. Yeah, I'd, 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 I think you might you might be right, but I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence again with the, with the draw. Um, Talking. Two really good places to go, actually, as a as a fan, both Annan and Strunda. Um, one of the few of us with excellent geography knowledge perhaps called it a, a local derby, which... That's as I local think, as they're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, so, like I say, again, that's another one where you wish the fans could get in and about, because it's, you know, both um, home and away events will be will be spectacular for that, the big game, the derby. Spectacular. spectacular. <laughs> So, talking to teams that, that were in action, that have played teams we've spoken about, obviously Edinburgh City and Cowden Beath. Uh, Edinburgh off the back, a good win against uh, Brecon. Cowden off the back, a, a job in at home to Annan. Um, I think... I Edinburgh... wanted to take this game, sorry, as my, as my game of the day. Uh, I've not picked it, obviously. Um, but I thought I was maybe banging on about Cowden a bit too much and my, my love of them. Um, but yeah, I think that will be one to watch. Um, I think Cowden could be all right uh, up against Edinburgh City. But... What's your prediction for it? Oh, um, I'll go Cowden because why not? You've got to, then, yeah. I'm going Edinburgh City, yeah. Muzz. Edinburgh City. Yeah. Um, That's one from my heart. I'll take like a, a defeat. Um, yeah. I think uh, the other game that we'll kind of just look at um, quickly before we go into your kind of game of the day, James, is obviously Stenny Sterling. Uh, Sterling obviously off the back of a credible draw at home at Queen's Park. And Stenny getting a good result um, away at 
Andy Sterling. Stranar. Ball back. He's a what? <laughs> good shout. Very good Thank shout. you. Um, so, as I was saying, Sterling, good point. Home at Queen's Park. Steny kind of respectable win away at Albion Rovers. I think that's a, that, that is a local derby. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm taking that one. I think that'll be a draw. I think that'll be a draw. I think Steny will... They'll be, because they've got three points in the bank, um, kind of as that game goes on, 60-70 minutes of the draw, I think Stein will be happy with that. I think the onus is on Sterling to go out and try and win that game. Later in the game, if it's still a draw, obviously only having a point. But um, Andy Monroe, hero of Murs, um, I think we're disappointed to lose. I think it was the last minute they conceded in on Saturday, Stein. Yeah, and they looked, forward, they looked decent going forward. So um, I'm predicting a draw in that game. What about you, Murs? Um, I I can't really argue with that. Um, a draw. Um, I think that's just going to be two two teams with um, decent firepower that are going to going to cancel each other out. I can't really add more to what you've you've said, to be honest. Um, James, again, I'll give you the doubler prediction for that game and also your game of the day. To be fair, it does lead into my my game of the day being Queens Park uh, Albion over. So I'll say I think Sterling and Albion are going to win. Um, Half of me because I'm desperately holding on to my prediction that Steny could be quite far down the table, um, much as perhaps were proven incorrect uh, last weekend. So, yeah, I've got Sterling Albion um, to win that one. And and just before you talk about your game of the day, I'm needing a goalie for the team. And, Moz, if you don't get it, you're going to be disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. James, game of the day. <laughs> Pressure for you, that for me. Um, is, yeah, Queen's Park, I think Sterling Albion, you know, we we had them quite high up the table, but I think there are certainly no marks to hold Queen's Park to draw, um, especially with Queen's Park being a team that we all thought were going to go and do well um, in the league. But I've I've got a question I've written down that I don't know if I, like if I pose to use. Um, do you think we've been maybe duped a wee bit by the the Queen's Park first eleven because they are good, and the team that that was rolled out is good, and they're all capable football players, technicians, goal scorers. Slayer, you know, a bit of everything, but I worry a wee bit by the depth and I worry a wee bit maybe that they're they're suffering maybe the same problem that, that Dundee have got, where you've got Dorans and Adams and, you know, you're desperate for them to gel and start playing well together. So I, I don't know if we've been duped by thinking the first 11 for Queen's Park is going to be better than it is, but there's maybe pressure now that they need to, like, gel, like, now and start mm-hmm. going. It's not, a, it's not a necessarily points lost getting a draw um, because anything you can get on the teams who'll be there and thereabout for you um, is important I don't think any of us had Queen's Park as runaway winners of that league like it was always going to be a tough division but if it's another draw or if it's a game that potentially could be a banana skin Albion Rovers um, you know we, we hope to see that they'll, they'll all be gelled well and, and playing together so um Albion, um, Sterling Albion, sorry, Queen's Park seemed very equal when I went and looked at some stats. The same shots, 11 shots altogether, four on target. Queen's Park edged the possession. So it looked quite samey. Um, but I do think they'll have, they'll have enough about them to go and beat Albion. Um, but like I say, they have to take something. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think if it was that, um, 
at Albion Rovers, even without the fans, it's a tricky place to go, isn't it? So it would have been. Well, so- like I've, I went looking. Uh, Albion have scored five in their last three games, um, conceded ten. So they are they are conceding, but they're also scoring goals. They're not. And that's something know. Queens Park are not doing. Uh, they haven't scored yet. So if I'm a if I'm a fan of theirs, I'm a wee bit concerned at that. Um, I, are I you think surprised, Mosley, you- that David Galt's not been playing? I yeah, I am in a way because um I think he if you're looking at key players last season, guys that or for the last few seasons, guys that they've wanted to hang on to and build build the team around, he's certainly one of them. Yeah, so um, this is maybe where I think that there's a bit of a you know, a big name recognition and some of the bigger names you you shoehorn in and you hope that, you know, your consistent players that you're saying that they hold on to. You know they're there to come off the bench because they're capable. But why would you play them when you've got you know all these big headline signings? So I wonder actually, if they have been a bit. That's an interesting point actually because I saw a thing with the Queens Park fans um, and David Gull. I think Muzz has been the captain for the last kind of two or three seasons, but now Peter Grant's the captain. So the fans were kind of saying, "Why is our captain of the last two or three years, who's still at the club and still one of our better players, had the captaincy removed from him?" in favour of a kind of new signing who's maybe only been there six months. So is Aye. that maybe, is there a wee bit of favouritism maybe creeping in there? Is that going to be maybe a split in the dressing room, you know, and the, and the fans have picked up on it already? Yeah, that's it's very, very much a, a potential um, because I think, I, th- I agree with James that there's been a bit of an attempt to, similarly to how McKinnon, did at Falkirk an attempt to to crowbar in all these these kind of big names just uh, health or leather with that shape you want to play and the style you want to play and there seems to be little recognition so far of any feathers that have been ruffled um, on the back of that um, so yeah it's a strange one isn't it so based on that then uh, James what do you see the result has been <coughs> I've got it been quite tight um, I think Queen's Park could do well to avoid a banana skin at a, a feisty Albion, I would say. Um, like I say, they're scoring, but they're also conceding Albion. Um, so it's not like I don't think it's looking too grim for them. Similar, I think the draw for Queen's Park is, is not necessarily points lost, but if you're a Queen's Park fan and player and management, you're looking at Albion Rovers sort of in the calendar, three points next week. Let's go. Yeah, I, so I think it'll be, it'll be close, but I think Queen's Park will will start scoring you. I'm going Queen's Park. Muzz in a nutshell. Yeah, um, I couldn't put it better than James has Queen's Park home win, but I'll be able to put up a fight. Okay, good. Um, so last calls, last orders for the uh, ball bag question. I need to do a, re- a re-reshuffle. I need to take Bensey out to put Graham Smith in goals if I want to keep to the one club per player policy. Yeah. You got any other shouts? James, can you um, help me out with a striker to replace him? Well, I was um, just going to jump in there from a, a guy I've spoken about before uh, a few times on the podcast, David Cox from Cowdenbeath coming in. You've got 10 players. I'll Ethan Ross. You. Ethan Ross could squeeze in somewhere, could he, at Race Rovers? Yeah, I'll give you him. So I'll just run you guys through your team then. It's looking like a 3-5-2. Smith and Goals, back three of Fisher, Harren and Penrice. Midfield five of Ross, Dow, Dorans, Cuddehy and Andy Sterling, who's got his lawyer on our case after Muzzy's shout earlier on. And a front two of Anderson, 
comma, Cox. Um, the team I had was Dabrowski and goals. I think, Muzz, you would have seen him on Saturday. I thought you'd have got him straight away for Dumbarton. Yeah, that's a great shout, actually. Yeah, I um, that. I had a back three as well of Halkett, Sonka from Stranraer, and Penrice, midfield four of Cox, Dow, Dorans, and Robbie Muirhead from Morton, and a front three of Spence, Anderson, and Anderson, Bruce Anderson from Ayr, and Armé mm. uh, Anderson from Annan. On the bench, who you could have had Francis from Falkirk, striker that scored at the weekend, uh, Fisher, Cuddy I had on the bench, Milne, and Mockery, both at uh, Montrose. So that was our team. If you've got any bombard questions that you want the guys to take on, you can either um, comment underneath the video or you can DM us on Twitter if you just search for Through the Turnstiles or Turnstiles there. If you put it in a DM, the first one of us that picks it up will note it and delete it so that the other guys don't see it, so it's a genuine question for them. And like we said at the start, if you've made it this far, if you could like and subscribe the video, it would be um, massively appreciated. So join us again next week. Uh, we'll look at the games uh, from this weekend and preview the games coming up next weekend already. I think we've kind of highlighted uh, Albion Rovers breaking as a massive one. But no doubt, uh, based on the events of this weekend, there'll be the big games as well. So thanks very much for um, joining us and we'll hopefully see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.